You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, sweet pea. You're right in my spot. Oh, stop. You sat in my spot. I didn't sit in yours. <laughs> okay, I've got 51% on my, iPod, on my iPad, so it should be okay. <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> What's up, theater geeks? Do you know um, what I've been doing for the last couple of recordings when what? I've been editing was actually leaving in the little bits and pieces <laughs> before the welcome. And I actually, when I'm listening back, I think it's the most hysterical thing. So I may leave that in, okay. too. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think our fans come to expect certain things from us. <laughs> and complete unprofessionalism is one of them. <laughs> Listen, if Karen and Georgia can just chit chat and they don't even always say their names at the beginning. That's true. What do you mean, Ebony? <laughs> we didn't say them either. I'm Pamela. Not yet. And this is Ebony. <laughs> you have stumbled upon Theater Geeks Anonymous, the show where we talk about Broadway flops, scandals, and new works. I have to tell you, Megan says now, anytime <laughs> she sees it, because I was writing a press release for us, anytime she sees it, she just hears your voice in her head <laughs> saying it. That's what my goal was. See, I'm trying to take over the world with my voice. I think it's working. Do you think so? I think so. Because <laughs> people are just like walking around Midtown going, Broadway flops, scandals, and new works. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think that's the first time you've ever sung on this podcast with me. What, what did 
No, I think we've only chanted. <laughs> yeah, like we, that was the chant. That I will do. Oh no! <laughs> bye bye, Birdie. That's we right. love you, Conrad. Yep. Oh yes, we do. We do. Oh hey, yeah. some sad news. Tom Meehan. Tom Meehan passed away yesterday. Yeah. You'll know him as one of the co-writers of Annie. Uh, as we spoke about in Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge. <laughs> and then um, he also did Cry Baby. Oh, he did? That's yeah. right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. he's He was pervasive. You know, it's funny, like, um, not funny, but really um, a tribute because a lot of my friends on Facebook who have been in Broadway shows <laughs> <laughs> um, have put little memoriams yeah. on their Facebook pages for Tom Meehan. And they're just story after story about what an amazing man he was. Not just a talented human being, mm-hmm. but just a really true, honest to goodness, good man. And mm-hmm. I love hearing stories like that. He, I mean, he was the one in the story who, uh, Annie Warbucks, mm-hmm. when we talked about Annie too, he... You know, he just took he took the fall. Yeah. You know, that whole team, that whole creative team really was like, it's on us. It's not mm-hmm. on you all. And we don't want you all to feel like you're not doing a good job. Right. So I love that. I think that just that just reiterates, you know, what your friends have said. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a class act. Oh, I know. Well, our condolences to his family yes. and uh, everyone he he. Has worked with and uh, what did he have something to do with the Prince of Broadway? I think so, but I'm not exactly sure to yeah. what extent. Right. I th- I, fe- I felt like when I was watching, you know, when I was reading about it, mm-hmm. that they had said something about him being involved with the the Prince of Broadway in some capacity. Yeah. So. Condolences to everyone who worked. Yeah, with most him. definitely. And yeah. unfortunately, this actually will not air until october right um we're gonna do a mini-sode though coming up here soon so hopefully we'll mention it a little bit you know more more recently certainly than than this episode will air but we still feel it because he was a good man so rest in peace tom i uh and just comfort and peace to your family yeah uh we brought the whole thing down. <laughs> I know. There's no way to come up from that. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> no, that's not true at all, no. actually. Because Thomas Meehan is the perfect example of why we do this podcast. Yeah. He is one of those people that was involved in a show that didn't make it for one reason or a, another. A couple of shows. Well, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying generally, yeah. you know. But, you know... And there's lots of people like him who are incredibly talented and who are incredibly good people and they fail, you know, everyone fails, everyone has their successes and everyone has their failures. So this is uh, kind of our tribute to those people. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, Pamela and I were talking about this and that's one of the things that has been so encouraging about doing this podcast Mm -hmm. is to see the level of talent that... Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm getting telemarketer calls all the time. I'm so sorry. Let me just turn that off. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Um, The the thing that's encouraged us as we've been doing research for this podcast is just the the level of talent Mm -hmm. uh, that we've studied and, and those people who have had, like, you know, shows that didn't, uh, find an audience and didn't make back their money and weren't quote unquote successes, 
but they continue to keep going. Yeah. And sometimes even with the same show, you know, yeah. like She Loves Me is a prime example. Absolutely. Like the first time it came out, it was not a success. And, and then, that was like, with Barbara Cook. So right. if you can't succeed with right. Barbara Cook as your leading lady, right. you know, but yeah, you're right. It came back. Well, it kept going because even, you know, from the time that, you know, Barbara Cook did it on Broadway and then Laura Benanti did it like it was regional theater, community yeah. theater, high schools like I I grew up thinking it was a hit because I mm-hmm. I knew she loves me. Right. Yeah. And she loves me is like something that all high schools love to do. So <laughs> I had no idea that it wasn't considered a hit. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, dear. <laughs> puddle oh my gosh what did you eat oh, that's a bad one oh i think i swallowed some oh <laughs> i think probably the fan is just keeping it right in front of my face you want to get the essential oils i'm scared it's gonna come over here now. <laughs> okay i'm gonna pause this <laughs> oh, i can and already smell back. the christmas spirit isn't it nice? Mm-hmm. I had to turn on the diffuser because puddle, puddles tooting. <laughs> it was oh, really obno- it was really noxious and obnoxious. <laughs> so I, you know, we, we preempted the it. issue. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's very nice. I use Young Living oils, essential oils, and this one's called Christmas Spirit, and it's kind of like balsam yeah. and clove and like and has a little bit of orangey orange like, is in it mm-hmm. it's very good. nice i know i yeah. like it a lot i might get a big big bottle next time this is just like a a little five milliliter but i want to like a 15 milliliter so nice. <laughs> we've gone on tangents i know oh <laughs> seven minutes and 39 seconds worth of tangents <laughs> it's fun though right yeah it's good it's what we live for it's why you love us <laughs> so today's show we're very excited guys so excited so if you haven't picked up on it by now we're doing mm-hmm. a theme every month so right. august was back to school uh in september we did like a labor yeah, day, labor day. Sort of work- workforce right. type thing uh and then it's october so Birds. now we're gonna chilly do out. It's chilly. Everyone, <laughs> but I hope it's gonna be chilly. I hope so too. Not an extension of summer like it was last year. No, I Ugh. mean this summer hasn't been the worst. No, but still, I hate I, it. I hate summer too. <laughs> I do too. But it, I, I was like just thinking on the way here. This is not the worst. No, like, I you're could right. be like my mosquito bites uh, have. You're right. I will. Yeah. yeah, the mosquito bites have been. I have. I think I got one at like the, right at the beginning of the season, yeah. and I haven't gotten one since. Knock on lots of wood yeah. and on all the wood. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I have they've been w- spraying the crap out of this neighborhood. Oh, have they? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, the, and they're, I think they're going to be spraying again. So what they do is they like s- send out big trucks full of pesticide, mm-hmm. which is terrible for both humans and animals. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And they start at like 9 p.m. and they go until 6 a.m. and they just drive up and down each street spraying everything. I had no idea. Yep. I, I had one. One got caught in my bedroom. And that sucker, it was <gasps> after Tony's night. Yes. The door was open and closed mm-hmm. so much and we had the windows and whatnot and it was humid. <laughs> yep. One went into my room. And just feasted on <sighs> the whole right side of my body. Hate Huge them. welts. And the next morning, I was like, what the f- 
frick. <laughs> and so I found it. Like, like he this just fat, bloody He mosquito. was like so huge. He couldn't get anywhere. I he know. Was like, oh, and I, darn, was like, I shouldn't have eaten so much. You're dead. <laughs> also, I'm doing a fogger in my room yep. because if you have brothers and sisters, yep. they're all going down if as you well. happen to lay some eggs in a stagnant cup of water that happened to be on my bedstand. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They're yeah, all they down. all have to die. Mm-hmm. That is going to be the first question I ask God. when I go to heaven. Yes, why? Why the mosquitoes? Because I get that some bugs are food for other bugs and they have right. no other purpose. But like, what? Why did you create a bug that is just food for other bugs, but that feasts upon my blood? Yeah. I hate them so diseases. much. And spreads disease. Lots of diseases. Yeah. Ugh. Just horrible the things. The worst creature. And that's another tangent. I know. We I just, love it. And now we're like, in we 10 should minutes. call it Tangents Geeks Anonymous. So <laughs> we could keep the same logo. <laughs> Tangential. But I went geek. off that tangent, but guys, it's October. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And so, and so this, month, this month, we are celebrating Halloween. <laughs> I love creepy stuff. I love love Halloween. <laughs> I love because October is like it's fall, but there's a very specific October feeling like you wake up that morning and you're like it feels like Halloween today. Like it's that <laughs> I love it crisp and it's kind of gloomy and kind of wet. <laughs> gloomy and wet. I know it's weird, but it's true. Oh, so today's episode <laughs> Is a Rocky Horror Show. So excited. Yes. <laughs> I am excited as well because I have done this show a couple of times <laughs> when not in like an actual uh, production of it, but when I was touring with Wicked, we used this show as a benefit performance for BCEFA, which is Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Um, a few times, the first time we ever did it, we did it in Denver. And uh, nobody I mean it's so interesting because like the entire it, the entire cast of people that decided to do it which included not only the cast members of Wicked but it also included some crew members um, stage manager general manager you know people like that where they everybody came out to support and do it nobody thought it was going to be very successful and then it was like the place was packed like standing room only kind of mosh mm-hmm. pit style and everyone loved it it's because it's rocky horror it's rocky horror and i get that too because i love rocky horror too yeah. but i still didn't think it was going to be as successful now the second time we did it this was the best we were in las vegas oh, and our stage manager i know <laughs> our stage manager was able to book the tropicana for us to perform this in. It was the most amazing experience ever. It's really interesting. The more times you do a show like that in like different venues, but it's the same show, just a different production of it. Mm-hmm. The more you get from it, the more you glean from the script. And the, also like the different people that perform each role, you'll, you'll hear something different. You'll, uh, they'll, they'll, say a line in a different way that you never thought of before it's really it's really spectacular i love that part it's <laughs> i mean that's why i love live theater mm-hmm. it's so cool that way but so let's just get started <laughs> <laughs> so the rocky horror show not to be confused with the rocky horror picture show is a musical with music lyrics and book by richard o'brien 
Uh, it's a humorous tribute to the science fiction and horror B movies of the late 1940s through the early 1970s. The musical tells the story of a newly engaged couple getting caught in a storm and coming to the home of a mad transvestite scientist, Dr. Frank N. Furter, unveiling his new creation, a sort of Frankenstein-style monster in the form of an artificially made, fully grown, physically perfect muscle man named Rocky Horror, complete with blonde hair and a tan. <laughs> Produced and directed by Jim Sharman, the original London production of the musical premiered at the Royal Court Theater. Uh, and it has in parentheses upstairs, so I'm thinking maybe there's two oh, theaters. Yeah. So it's the upstairs theater. On June 19th, 1973, and after two previews on the 16th and 18th of June 1973, before moving to several other locations in London and closing on September 13th, 1980, running for a total of 2,960 performances wow. and winning the 1973 Evening Standard Theater Award for Best Musical. Wow. I know. And it, then, of course, we didn't get it. I know. Which is pretty normal. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Well, it was a, it was definitely ahead of its time. You, you've got the lead role is a transvestite. Yeah. And how much more out of our comfort zone could we possibly get with that kind of a character in America in, in the in 70s? The 70s. <laughs> it's 1974 debut in the U.S. in Los Angeles had a successful nine-month run, but its 1975 Broadway debut at the Belasco Theater lasted only three previews and 45 showings despite earning one Tony nomination and three Drama Desk nominations uh, for the show. I'm not Wait. sure exactly for what, though. 45 preview performances? 45 performances. Performances total, mm -hmm. including the previews? Three previews. Three previews, 45 actual performances. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After 2000. I know. In, oh, well, geez. after, you know, years of being yeah. in London. So, various international productions have since spanned across six continents as well as West End and Broadway revivals and eight UK tours. Actor Tim Curry, who originated the role of Dr. Frankenfurter in the original London production, became particularly associated with the musical. Very true. Like, yeah. nobody thinks of Tim Curry and doesn't automatically right. pop up with that beautiful transvestite in mind. Yeah. Like, you just can't. No. You can't not do it. Especially the end scene where they come out of the pool and all he's got is this tiny little ponytail sticking up. It's so cute. <laughs> That's so what good. I remember. He's the best. He is the best. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, is a powerful musical that sparked a cult movement through its music movie musical adaptation. Rocky Horror's magnetic power not only drew audiences in and kept them coming back for more, but also roused them to blur the boundaries between stage and audience through audience pantomime, and this allowed audiences to enter the fantasy and ritual of the world, which is very cool. Have you ever been... I'll ask you in just a second. Let me finish reading this first. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'll go on another tangent, and we don't <laughs> want that. Um, Rocky Horror brings together uh, people from all walks of life, and through its compelling attraction, explores in the spirit of glam rock the liberation from normative heterosexuality, uh, celebration of androgyny, and queer sexual awakenings. 
The musical was adapted into the 1975 film The Rocky Horror Picture Show, starring O'Brien, Richard O'Brien, who wrote the entire thing, as Riff Raff. Did you know that? No. I think I knew that at one point, but I had forgotten until I did the research for this, and I was like, oh, yeah! And he was great. (laughs) Uh, And also with Curry reprising his role as Dr. Frankenfurter. The film has the longest-running release in film history. In uh, 2016, it was adapted into the television film The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Let's Do the Time Warp Again. I didn't know that either, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly. I've, I've not heard of it. No, yeah. me neither. And so that I, I should have done some research on that, and I didn't. But wait, let me click on the link and see if it takes me anywhere. And it does. I'm going to read you. This is all impromptu, everybody. Okay, so the Rocky Horror Picture Show, colon, let's do the time warp again, uh, also known as the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the Rocky Horror Picture Show event, is a 2016 American musical comedy television film. Oh, wait. I know. This is the one that uh, just happened. Yeah. Oh, this I knew about. I okay. totally knew about this because... Oh, on Fox. Yeah, of yeah. Of course. Yeah. I just didn't see it because yeah, the original the live one. holds such a good place in my heart. But, but let um, me... I'll finish reading this. Yeah. What's his face from American Idol uh, was in it? Adam Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Lambert. And then... Uh, Annalie Ashford. Oh, man. Laverne Cox played Frankenfurter. Yeah. Uh, Victoria Justice, who did a Disney Channel show called Victor- Victoria or Victory, something like that. I don't um, know that one. Christina but... Milian. Oh yeah. Reeve Carney. Ben Vereen was in it. Tim oh. Curry made an appearance. I didn't see it. Okay, I'm gonna go back now to the original script. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see it either. Um, In early 1977, the first shadow cast, the cast that pantomimes the film, uh, appeared at the Fox Venice Theater in Los Angeles. And since then, the film has gone on to be a cult phenomenon. Wow, I was trying to say that five times fast. Uh, Cult phenomenon, best known for its heavy audience participation, midnight showings, and decadence. Have you ever been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the movie theater? I have not. Okay, well, you would be known as a virgin. (laughs) And upon entering the theater, you would be given a black V on your forehead, indicating that you are a virgin to this experience. It is. I actually have a bunch of other stuff that, uh, well, some of some of the stuff that happens during the show or that you can expect to see when you go to one of these (laughs) midnight showings. Um, There are props and the props are a must. Some things that you must bring are rice for the wedding scene, which happens right at the beginning. Brad and Janet are going to their friend's wedding. And so they're leaving the wedding and on their way to go and see another friend. And I'll get into this later when I talk about the synopsis. Uh, Rice is thrown showing that they're leaving this wedding. Um, Water pistols for when it rains. Glow sticks for the over at the Frankenstein place song. Toast when they propose a toast. Toilet paper when they unwrap Rocky. That's the fun part. They just throw toilet paper up at the screen. Um, a newspaper again. So like when it's raining and they have to go from their car over to the Frankenstein place. Mm-hmm. Um, over to the castle. Um, and that's, I mean, there's a lot more props, but that's, that's a lot of them to list right now. And number three is that you will be dancing to the time warp. And if you <laughs> don't know how to do it, here are the steps. 
It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> and then a step to the right. <laughs> Put your hands on your hips. And bring your knees in tight. <laughs> that is the pelvic thrust that really drives you insane. Let's, Let's do the time, time warp again. again. Oh, you created a <laughs> harmony with me. Very nice. But most importantly, you mustn't take yourself too seriously and you must have fun. Those are the rules. <laughs> it's fun, and there's like websites devoted to the putting these shows on and doing them together. So I actually went to go see my first one, and I will be very honest and say that I did not let them know that I was a virgin because I don't like putting myself. Yeah. I don't. I don't like being being yeah. the center of attention unless I've you know I'm telling you that I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that's my own vulnerability speaking. And yes, I do probably need a therapist. <laughs> but I went, I was doing a show in Indianapolis and a friend of mine who I had done a show in Indianapolis before, she was playing Janet. And so a bunch of us after our show uh, went to go see the Rocky Horror sh- Picture Show at, in, you know, just, I guess, downtown in Indianapolis. I don't remember exactly where. And it was just so much fun because I love the movie. But then to add that element yeah. is just—it's just—it's fun. It's just fun. I—I I, <laughs> should—I need to do that one Halloween because Halloween's yeah. not my favorite. Really, it's not. But it's like if I find something fun to do, yeah. Uh, like then it's like last year all I did was like sit with a friend and watch Ghostbusters. But like ah, that was so fun, fun for me. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> Ghostbusters, yeah. like the original, or the, okay, the both. new one's fun too. Yeah. I got to see it on a plane when I was traveling somewhere or other, and I liked it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Okay, so here's the synopsis of the show, and I'm just going to go into detail here. Act one. (laughs) The usherette, sometimes referred to as Trixie, who works in a derelict cinema, introduces tonight's film in a song, science fiction double feature. This is the film synopsis, not the show synopsis. No, this is the show. This is the show. I mean, they're basically the same thing. They did have to make some changes. So Um, why the name? Why the name differences? Because one is a picture and one is a show. Okay. It is different that way. I okay. mean, they did have to make some some slight differences because uh, they were filming over being on stage. But I think it. I think it's kind of fun too to say that one is the Rocky Horror Show because right. it is all on stage, right. and one is the Rocky Horror Picture okay. Show because it is the movie. I I think I like that kind of yeah, <laughs> delineation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun that way. But they're. I mean, they're both the same show. Okay. With minor differences. <laughs> after I made such a big deal about that earlier. <laughs> uh, after attending the wedding of his best friend since high school, Brad Majors confesses his love to Janet Weiss and the two become engaged. 
The narrator appears and explains that Brad and Janet are leaving Denton to visit Dr. Everett Scott, their former science tutor, while driving into a rainstorm. During the trip, their car has a flat tire and they are forced to walk through the rain to seek a telephone in an old castle. As you do. The narrator explains that Brad and Janet are feeling apprehensive and uneasy, but must accept any help that they are offered. As Brad and Janet arrive, Riffraff, the hunchbacked handyman and live-in butler, greets them, and his sister Magenta, the maid, appears. Riffraff, Magenta, and Columbia, a groupie, speak briefly to an unlucky delivery boy named Eddie, who fell victim to the unfortunate circumstances because he botched a delivery before performing the show's signature dance number, The Time Warp! Brad and Janet try to leave at this point, but are stopped when Dr. Frankenfurter, a pansexual cross-dressing mad scientist, arrives. It's very descriptive. Yeah. Uh, he introduces himself as a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania and invites Brad and Janet up to his laboratory. Frank announces that he has discovered the secret to life itself. He unveils his creation, a blonde, well-built man named Rocky Horror, who is brought to life. A Coca-Cola freezer in the laboratory opens to reveal Frank and Columbia's former lover, Eddie, a biker covered in surgical scars who has been rendered a slightly more brain-damaged zombie. Intent on rescuing Columbia and escaping the castle while successfully causing large amounts of damage to Frank's laboratory. Frank forces Eddie back into the freezer and hacks him to death. Frank tells Rocky, the recipient of the other half of Eddie's brain, that he prefers him over Eddie. Brad and Janet, somewhat flustered, after witnessing the remurdering of Eddie. I know. Somewhat flustered. <laughs> That's why I love this show. Uh, they are then ushered to separate bedrooms for the night. Act two. <laughs> the narrator foreshadows that Brad and Janet may be unsafe. Janet enjoys Brad's advances in her darkened bedroom before realizing that it is Frank in disguise. He convinces Janet that pleasure is no crime, and after she asks him to promise not to tell Brad, they resume their lovemaking. The scene changes to Brad's darkened bedroom where Brad makes love to Janet before discovering that once again it is Frank in disguise. Frank promises not to tell Janet, but as they resume, Riffraff interrupts on the television monitor with the message that Rocky has escaped. Janet searches for Brad in the laboratory and discovers Rocky hiding there. Checking the television monitor, Janet sees Brad in bed with Frank and seduces Rocky. While searching the television monitor for Rocky, the rest of the group discovers that Janet has slept with him and Brad becomes hurt and angry. Riffraff then notifies Frank that there's another visitor entering the castle, Dr. Everett Scott, the paraplegic science tutor whom Brad and Janet intended to visit. What a coincidence! Dr. Scott is pushed into the laboratory by Columbia. Oh, because he's in a wheelchair. That's why it says that. Uh, Where Frank accuses him and Brad of trying to investigate his castle, knowing that Dr. Scott has connections with the FBI. Dr. Scott assures him that he has come in search of Eddie, who is revealed to be his nephew. Frank displays Eddie's corpse to the group and then uses a device to electronically restrain the three visitors and rebellious Rocky to the floor. The inhabitants of the castle are revealed to be space aliens, led by Frank, who abandoned their original mission in order to engage in kinky sex with Earthling, Earthlings and Earthlings. work. I know, <laughs> and work on Rocky. Magenta insists that they return to their home planet now that they have been found out. Frank refuses and instead declares his intentions to put on a floor show. 
Under Frank's influence, Columbia, Rocky, Brad, Janet perform a song and dance routine while clad in lingerie. The show comes to an abrupt end when Riff Raff and Magenta enter wearing spacesuits and carrying ray guns. Riff Raff declares that he is usurping Frank's authority and taking them all back to their home planet. Frank makes a final plea for sympathy from Riff Raff, trying to make him understand his desire to spend the rest of his life having sex with Earthlings. Riff Raff is unmoved and guns down Columbia, Frank, and Rocky before ordering Brad, Janet, and Dr. Scott to leave. As the trio evacuates the castle, Riff Raff and Magenta express their excitement to return to the world and do the time warp again with their fellow Transylvanians. Brad and Janet watch as the castle blasts off into outer space, confused about the implications of their sexual escapades. Not that the castle is going off into space, but about their confusion about sexuality. Um, To conclude this tale, the narrator says, And crawling on the planet's face... Insects called the human race, lost in time and lost in space and meaning. That's a heck of a synopsis yeah, right there. It's crazy. And it is <laughs> it is that confusing. Yeah. Like there's so much going on with the script. It's really kind of I mean, it's very interesting, but fun to watch. It's definitely <laughs> one of those shows that you have to see over and over again to really get all of the implications. Um, so some of the history of the show, uh, this is actually kind of fun. As an out-of-work actor in London in the early 1970s, Richard O'Brien wrote the Rocky Horror Show to keep himself busy on winter evenings. <laughs> Since his youth, O'Brien had developed a passion for the science fiction and B-horror movies, and he wanted to combine elements of the unintentional humor of B-horror movies, uh, portentous dialogue of schlock horror, Steve Reeves muscle flicks, and 50s rock and roll into the Rocky Horror Show. A major theme running throughout the musical is transvestitism, which, according to O'Brien, was not originally meant to be as prominent as it would be uh, as it would end up being. O'Brien conceived and wrote the play set against the backdrop of a glam era that had manifested itself throughout British popular culture in the 1970s. Allowing this concept to come into being, O'Brien states that glam rock allowed me to be myself more. That was a quote. I'm sorry. I'm a little punch drunk (laughs) talking about an awesome show. (laughs) O'Brien took a small amount of his unfinished Rocky Horror to Australian director Jim Sharman, who decided he wanted to direct it at the small experimental space upstairs at the Royal Court Theatre, Sloan Square in Chelsea, London, which was uh, it was used as a project space for new work. So Sharman had received considerable local acclaim as the director of the original Australian productions of Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. He went to London to direct the first British stage production of Superstar, during which he met O'Brien. He, uh, O'Brien had played King Herod in that production. Oh, I guess for just one performance, mm-hmm. though, but I'm not exactly sure what the story behind that is. <laughs> uh, but, let's see, Sharman... Uh, brought in fellow Australians Nell Campbell and longtime scenic designer partner Brian Thompson to the production. Star Tim Curry recalled his first encounter with the script. This is Tim Curry saying this. I'd heard about the play because I lived on Paddington Street off Baker Street, which is also where Sherlock lived. <laughs> 
and there was an old gym a few doors away. I saw Richard O'Brien in the street, and he said he'd just been to the gym to see if he could find a muscle man who could sing. I said, why do you need him to sing? Ha ha ha. And he told me that his musical was going to be done, and I should talk to Jim Sharman. He gave me the script, and I thought, boy, if this works, it's going to be a smash. I love that he's... I love that. I love everything about that. (laughs) He went to the gym to find a muscle man who could sing. So funny. The best. (laughs) That feels to me like a Tom Meehan story. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I love that. Anywho. (laughs) The original creative team was then rounded out by costume designer Sue Blaine and musical director Richard Hartley. Although Pete Moss would later take over as the musical director. Michael White was also brought in to produce Rocky Horror, and as the musical went into rehearsal, the working title for it became They Came From Denton High. But it was changed just before previews at the suggestion of Charmin to the Rocky Horror Show, Mm -hmm. which I'm really glad they did. The other one, no. They came from Denton High. No. No. no, Especially when Denton High is only mentioned like once right at the top of the show. Nope. (laughs) So good suggestion, Jim Charmin. After two previews, the show premiered without an interval, so without an intermission. I guess mm-hmm. interval is what they use in Britain. Yeah. Uh, at the Royal Court 63-seat uh, theater, theater upstairs on June 19, 1973, and it ran until July 20, 1973. The cast included Tim Curry, who had decided that Dr. Frank N. Furter shouldn't, be, shouldn't just be a queen. He should speak like the Queen of England, extravagantly posh. Uh, Patricia Quinn, Nell Campbell, who is billed as Little Nell, Julie Covington, and Richard O'Brien, who made the production, which was all-out camp uh, and a creative triumph and also a critical and commercial success. Record producer Jonathan King, I love this part of the story, Jonathan King saw it on the second night and signed the cast to make the original cast recording over a long weekend that was rushed out on his UK Records label. He went to see a show, said, hey, you guys are making a, I love that you guys are making a cast recording. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that no. anymore. And it's so sad to me yeah. that we can't just make decisions like that. That's how, that's how we end up losing. <laughs> Again, I'm going to mention it. Shuffle along with no yeah. cast recording. That's how we lose brilliant work it's like true. that. It's true. It's so true. Uh, both performances mm-hmm. <laughs> or productions, I should say. Yeah, that's right. Um, King was involved heavily in the initial promotion for the show, as well as being the minority backer of it financially, with White having a majority share. That's what I also love. You go to see a piece of music or a a show or whatever, and you're like, you know what? I love this enough that I'm going to put my money in it, and I'm going to back it. And I love that. Like, they really put their wallet where their mouth was, or where their heart was. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, The impact at the Royal Court upstairs allowed the production to be transferred to a 230-seat Chelsea Classic Cinema nearby on King's Road from August 14, 1973 to October 20, 1973. Rocky Horror found a quasi-permanent home at a 500-seat King's Road Theater, which was another cinema house, uh, even further down King's Road from November 3, 1973. The show received critical praise and won the 1973 Evening Standard Award for Best Musical. The show's run at the Kings Road Theater ended on March 31st, 1979. So that is just under six years. Before transferring 
to the Comedy Theater, which is now the Harold Pinter Theater, to begin performances on April 6, 1979. At the new venue, Rocky Horror required some restaging as it was the first theater that the musical had played uh, with a traditional proscenium. Oh, I'm sorry. The first musical venue that they had played that had a traditional proscenium arch stage. For the first time, the musical was also broken into two acts with an intermission. It finished its run there on September 13th, 1980. Other productions... Included the original Los Angeles production, which was the American premiere. Lou Adler had made millions with Risky Ventures. His record label, Old, excuse me, Ode Records, O-D-E, um, was becoming known for harvesting experimental talent. And in late winter of 1973, Adler was in London and attended a performance of the show. Acting on impulse and seeing a hit, he met backstage with producers and within 36 hours had secured the American theatrical rights. The show premiered at the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles on March 24, 1974, running for nine months. The cast was all new except for Tim Curry. The show played to a full house and a deal was made with 20th Century Fox for a film. Fox executive Gordon Stolberg saw the show at the Roxy and agreed to invest $1 million in the film project. Adler's attempt to turn his club into a playhouse was successful. The singer Meatloaf remembers different celebrities who would come to the show, resulting in him meeting Elvis Presley at one of the performances. So crazy. Senator Al Franken was a young lighting apprentice brought in by Sid Strong. He recalls Adler had the show mounted by producer Brian Avnet and that both Curry and O'Brien were brought in from the UK. How fun is that? Like, this show has, ever, like, it's like six degrees of separation yeah. uh, for everybody. Also, Al Franken as a lighting yeah. apprentice. I like know. I was like, I, he was a comedian. That's yeah. what I knew. But I didn't know <laughs> that he also was trying to be a lighting designer. Well, you know what? I think probably you get your foot in the door whenever, wherever you can. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I did when I was, you know, doing like community theater, I would, if I wasn't in the show at the time, I'd be like, can I be the house manager? Mm -hmm. Can I do stage management this time? Can I work, you know, in the lighting booth this time? Just to kind of get your skill set, which, you know, if you're going to do theater, it's important to know those kind of things, too. Uh, Now we're going to skip to the original New York City Broadway production, uh, which happened in early 1975. Adler closed the show at the Roxy after a 10-month run. This gave the actors time to return to the UK for the film's version shooting. Adler planned to open on Broadway just before the film's release. It was anticipated that this production would be as successful as Jesus Christ Superstar and serve as a public vehicle for the film version. The first preview was March 7, 1975. The show officially opened March 10, 1975. It was unsuccessful and closed April 6th, 1975, after 45 performances. Insane. Insane. So now we're going to skip to the 2000 Broadway revival. The Rocky Horror Show had a longer revival on Broadway from October 2000 to January 2002 at Circle in the Square Theater and featured Tom Hewitt as Frankenfurter. Alice Ripley as Janet, Jared Emick as Brad, Rolla Sparza as Riff Raff, Joan Jett as Columbia and the Usherette, Leia Delaria as Eddie and Dr. Scott, who was amazing, uh, and Daphne Rubin Vega as Magenta. From two th- uh, October 2001... Wait, who played, who played Frankenfooter? I missed Tom that. Hewitt. And I think he got a Tony nom for it. Along with Alice Ripley. I think Alice Ripley had a nom as well. 
But Tom Hewitt, yeah, he was great. All I remember is his like very, very like platinum blonde hair and ruby red sparkling lipstick. <laughs> That's the picture I get of Tom Hewitt. I don't actually know what he looks like without the drag. Anyway. From October 2001 to January 2002, several guest celebrities played the narrator role normally performed by Dick Cavett, including... Oh! I know! Oh, Isn't that fun? I didn't know he was in that. <laughs> um, including Kate Clinton, Gilbert God- Gottfried, Sally Jesse Raphael, Robin Leach, Magicians Penn and Teller, New York Post columnist Cindy Adams... MTV personality Dave Holmes and talk show host Jerry Springer. (laughs) It is suggested that the revival, like other shows running at the time, closed early because of financial losses during the time following 9-11. So, yeah, I know. So why was it a flop? I have that all in caps. Why was it a flop? (laughs) My own personal opinion is that it came too soon for commercial puritanical America to accept. Um, it's one thing to have the protagonist fight and win against the evil people that would force their way of life on them. It's another altogether when the protagonists go along and really think about and consider that strange lifestyle. Not necessarily to follow suit, but to accept them the way they are and not to be so bothered by it. Uh, In 1975, the marginalized groups read LGBTQ, pansexual, non-binary were too low in numbers to make any real big difference. But the show never went away. Uh, True, it was a flop in the corporate theater arena, but the movie and the show have been performed countless times since the 1970s. I looked it up on Wednesday, and according to, which would have been like two months ago, um, (laughs) and according to Samuel French website, there are 29 productions currently set for the near future just in the U.S. So, like, this is a, and these, like, high school shows and college and, like, this is a popular thing. But I think it is important to kind of reiterate that the the marginalized groups that I mentioned before Mm -hmm. are low in numbers, but they have kept at it so strong in their convictions to have, you know, equal rights and, like, really be a part of the main narrative. Right. Uh, And and they have succeeded in so many, I mean, so many leaps and bounds just within the last five years. Right, right. But to think about, you know, just in terms of, like, this show being a complete flop in 1975, but now everybody knows what it is. So, yeah, yeah it might still be considered a flop, but it's a household name, yeah, it is. which is really kind of incredible. Yeah. The legacy that Rocky Horror Show left was that it was one of the first musicals to depict fluid sexuality during a time of division between generations and an old world lack of sexual difference acceptance. At the time of its release, it's pushed, it, uh, it pushed boundaries and has become a cultural icon which promotes empowerment of self-creation and all sexual orientations. Since the 70s, societal evolution of sexuality and gender have created cultural and legal change, coming closer to realizing the mu- musical's futuristic vision of an accepting se- sexual revolution. <laughs> Easy for me to say. <laughs> but thank goodness I don't have to say any more. Because that is Rocky Horror Show. Isn't that amazing? It's really fascinating. I love that he was an actor and on his downtime and what, rainy days? On winter days. Winter days. (laughs) 
<laughs> you would sit and write this. I love that. Yeah. I, you know, there, there's, there was so much source material to go from, and I really couldn't include all of it within mm. what I have written here. Um, but it is really interesting to delve into Richard O'Brien as a person, like mm-hmm. to find out what his history is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a chance, you can read about him on Wikipedia, but on different websites as well. And it's re- he's he's a remarkable human being. I think I read what it it was. Um, it was like a blog or some sort of forum, but someone had mentioned how stupid Richard O'Brien must feel for having sold out his you know this show at such a low price back in the 1970s. And someone else spoke up and was like, well, first of all, (laughs) it's not that he sold out. It's that he was an out-of-work actor in the 1970s. And this was an opportunity for him to not only make money, but to create art. Right. And he did both. Right. Plus, he got to star in his own movie, star in his own show. Right. And the fact that everybody knows his art. Right. And it has become so profound found and pervasive in this world uh, and and has the legacy that I just spoke of has to make him tremendously proud. Yeah. Kudos to you, Richard O'Brien, because you created something that we can all love and enjoy and have fun with, but also learn from. Yeah. And isn't that the point of, of most art? That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. Love it. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. I this is I was just so excited about Rocky Horror. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely we'll have to find a theater like if maybe if there's one in Astoria. I'm not sure that I would want to go to Midtown for Holy it. Holy jeez, no. <laughs> but you and I, I would love to go. Maybe after we go apple picking, we'll have <laughs> to go and find a theater that's doing Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Picture Show because I think it would be so fun to go to with you. I look over and it's the most adorable scene. Puddle is like draped over Ebony's lap and she's just petting his head like like an, a villain in a movie. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you have it. The Rocky Horror Rocky Show. Horror show. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed I listening to it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You no, know, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. It's uh, it's such a cool show and I just loved it. I loved being in it i loved listening to it as a kid i loved watching it was always on during halloween on tv so i would as a kid i would watch it all the time and do you know what i love too because this is what i was thinking as a child i didn't know what a transvestite was but it certainly wasn't divisive to me right he was just a guy wearing lipstick yeah and that was really all my little you know brain could would process right didn't right. think anything more of it and i love that too <laughs> <laughs> any okay i think sweet pea is done She's so done she was done before we started she, yeah she was she was oh i had a story i was gonna tell and i completely lost it let me think on this for a second oh okay. i know <laughs> so i got this message from my cousin on facebook mm-hmm. my cousin isn't i love him but like this kind of stuff isn't his thing right and that's totally fine right but his wife has been a big supporter of us uh, and she's been listening to all of the episodes and i love it but he he just messaged me on facebook and i have to wait let me see if i can find it okay um because 
Well, I won't look for it because that's it's uh, we've taken enough of your time. But <laughs> the gist of it was so I was working on something and his wife, Pilar, Pilar had a merrily we roll along on in the background. And I decided that I would watch that movie. <laughs> The documentary yes, of Merrily okay. Roll Along. Yeah. Um, the best, he, worst thing that yeah, could have ever happened. the best, worst thing. Exactly. But I think he called it that movie. He might have called it by its title. And so, long story short, he listened to the end of the podcast, decided he was going to watch the movie, Best, Worst Thing That Could Happen. Uh-huh. And he said he loved it. So, I <laughs> think we have made a fan for life. I Yay! hope. <laughs> if, if you're listening, Eric, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Wait. So, he... He he watched the movie and loved. The he watched best, the movie yeah, and loved it, thing. but I think he'll be listening to our podcast from now. Shout on. Shout outs to best worst thing. They follow us on Twitter. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie. It was a yeah, good movie. It's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> you all should take our suggestions to heart because they are not bad suggestions. <laughs> you will enjoy yourself. <laughs> If you like joy. Right. I mean, if you don't like having fun and being entertained, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Not at all. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I can't imagine that you made it all the way to this point. But if you did, stop right now. Because <laughs> you won't enjoy yourself from now on either. <laughs> you will, but you won't like it if right, you don't like right. joy. It's like a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> you will enjoy yourself, but... You don't like to enjoy yourself. Right, so it's you- hard to wrap my mind around. <laughs> so I'm just going to smile. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, check us out on Facebook, Theater Geeks Anonymous. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at TGA. B-way. <laughs> uh, Gmail. We've got a, an email account. So TGABWay at gmail.com. Send us any comments, questions, salutes. Suggestions? For, yeah, for shows. If Please. you have a show that you really love that we Please. haven't talked about yet. I mean, Pamela ha- and I have a list oh, yeah. that is so long and continues to grow. I have friends <laughs> that are like, what about this show? What about that show? Yeah, it's on the that list. Show, it's already like, there. It's on yeah. the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one it. is too. So that yeah, one. <laughs> that was that was originally supposed to be the first season and right. we didn't have we time. Didn't have yeah, time. we've got that. <laughs> but but I'm, I, I mean, uh, there was one day I was at the circus with one of my friends and he was like talking to another one of our friends. And that's when he mentioned this show called mail. I told you <laughs> yes, about, and yes. I had never heard of it before. So I like added that to the list. So let I, us know. I mean, I'm there's bound to be something that, that you love Absolutely. or know about that. And Hey, if you want to like send us a little brief description of yeah. what it is, send that to some of these shows were fine. Like we found, I think there were two shows now that we've tried to find information on that. There's just no information yeah. on the internet. So and then that's we really have our to end source. up like, well, no, we have, we books, do have some books now. Yeah. We have books. Yeah. Um, We're building up a library for theater. Are. Geeks Anonymous. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and then just like knowledge uh, from friends mm-hmm. is also a lot of fun. A lot but. of my friends are on Broadway. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> They're all a lot of them on Broadway. My friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho. Hey, like, share, follow. Yes. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. subscribe on iTunes. Do all on the things. 
SoundCloud and We're Stitcher. Also on Stitcher. But only for people that don't have iPhones. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I ordered an Apple Watch and I'm getting it tomorrow. And the only reason, well, I should say not the only reason. Uh, I used to have a Fitbit uh, Charge HR mm-hmm. that broke mm-hmm. and Fitbit was n- less than forthcoming on replacing it for me because it was just past the warranty, blah, blah, blah. But they said, oh, here's 25% discount. And I was like, well, I'll just buy an Apple Watch. And also, it's waterproof, so I don't have to take it off in the shower. So I can count every step. <laughs> so intense. I know. I lose all those steps when I'm in the shower. I don't understand the Fitbit <laughs> thing. Like, like the, the steps. Yeah. You know, I think for me at least, yeah. uh, if I know that my steps are being counted, I am more likely to step more. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's kind of like at the end I mean, of the day. A lot I go, of people I know yeah. love it, like and have it. So and it's if, kind if of that fun. helps them. Yeah, it's kind awesome. of fun to see how many steps you can walk in a day. Like my goal right now is fourteen thousand steps, which mm-hmm. is on the high end. But I'm in New York, so it's a walking city. Right. But like I, it, it is not. Uh, beyond the realm of, of possibility that I'll come home and I've got like 20,000 steps at the end of the mm-hmm. night. So I, I just think it's kind of cool. It keeps me, it keeps me walking. Like, cause <laughs> I look, if, if it's a Saturday and I don't mm-hmm. have to work and I'm just here and like, you know, doing laundry or watching TV and I look down and I've only got like 3,500 steps. I feel a little bad about myself <laughs> and I try to work harder next time. <laughs> That's all. But my reasoning for bringing that up is because we were talking about Stitcher. And if you've got an iPhone, you can't go on Stitcher, but you can go on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yes. That is it. Okay. No more rambling. It's time for bed. (laughs) It's it's been a long day. (laughs) It is well past. Well, it's not even past my bedtime. I'm just ready for bed now. Thank you all so much Thank for listening to so us. We much. really appreciate you. You guys are awesome. We have the best people in the world listening to <laughs> us. It's all of our friends and family, and yeah. we just, we thank and you. And some people we don't know, because remember That's the true. accent you did? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, the Australian Donna, accent. if you're listening. Donna called me on it. She said that my nicest. Australian accent was terrible, but I also knew that. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to us yes. and support us, because she does. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> Fi- thanks, Donna. No, that no, was don't good. Do it. Don't do it. Maybe that was better though. I don't know. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I promised her we wouldn't try. So oh no! Forced her to listen. Oh, I didn't know that she had made that promise, Donna. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would never have done that had I known there was a promise in play. <laughs> so I'm gonna say it in a southern accent. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> All right, my dogs are chomping at the bit. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. (laughs) Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.